Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey. First of all, you're wrong about Bundy. Bill, you're wrong about Bundy. No. Judd Zolgad. Judd freaking Zolgad. <laughs> He's a problem. His attitude is destroyed. Everything of our sports culture. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Hi, Judd. Happy holidays. Hi, Phil. How's it going with you? It's going okay. Hey, I'd like to introduce you to my friend. Hello, Phil. I'm David. David, happy holidays happy to holidays you. Happy holidays to you. Have you guys heard we have a new quarterback in town? I'm excited about it. What's a quarterback? Well, David, let us show you. The finest gloves he brings, pa-ra-pa-pum-pum, ra-pa-pum-pum, ra-pa-pum-pum. Young Yes, the chill in the air, snow on the ground, and songs next to the U-Log. Songs by the U-Log, Volume 1 is where that track was from. Yep. Yep, yes. with with an album cover that you can sample by uh, going to your uh, Twitter account, right? You Didn't can you tweet uh, out yesterday. Yep, uh, you can find it there. Actually, uh, the, I think it's the the latest post on the Instagram account, the fifteen hundred ESPN right. Instagram account, and uh, you can see the new album cover, which will launch with song number one on Monday. Songs by the U Log Volume Three. I'm excited for it. Yes, been in studio a lot of late, mm. cutting tracks. So many tracks. A lot of tracks being cut quickly too. Mm-hmm. We're proficient now. It used to take about 14 different tries for each song, and now we're <laughs> we'd pretty start, efficient. We'd start laughing, and then we had to stop, and now we actually can muddle our laser, way through. We're laser-focused now. Yes, we are. Perhaps we're, we've dumbed it down, and they're not funny anymore. It's possible. <laughs> Find out. Um, so, yeah, pose this question All here right. to, to the audience, because it's kind of a fun one. All right, so I tweeted this one out last night and got a ton of response, and the question was simple. It was Case Keenum is the best Minnesota sports story out of nowhere since whom? Now, 
I got a lot of Thielen. All right. I, I should have put don't include him. I get it. Great story. Fantastic story. But we've been through it a thousand times. And it's too new. It's too fresh. What I was what I'm trying to find is what do we think is the is the best example of the Keenum story for the wild, for instance, the wolves and the twins. And the twins one came back with a lot of of interesting responses. There was one fairly clear cut, I think, but there's a lot of potential twins players through through the years who have emerged who we didn't see it coming. Well, I yeah, I got to do more thinking on this, but the the twins name that came to my head and it's not going to be a good comp if you're hoping for Case Keenan to continue on like this in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's two that come to mind. All right. Lou Ford and Scott Diamond. Lou Ford was actually uh, about three people tweeted that pretty quickly. Okay. Scott Diamond, I did not see. Because Scott Diamond was the Twins' best starting, for a bad team, but he was their best starting pitcher and had an ERA below four and would always go deep into games. And yep. like, where'd this guy come from? They just, they pulled him from the Braves. They, he was a Rule 5 draft pick. It was kind of a scrap heap guy and more organizational depth, which is what Case Keenum was when they signed him. Organizational depth in case... Yeah, Sam Bradford, something goes wrong, or yes, Bridgewater. Very fair. So just be kind of that third guy sitting back there. Absolutely. Uh, so those were the first two twins names that came to mind for sure. How about this one? And and this guy was was involved in the Rule Five draft, was in the bullpen, and then he merged in, into a complete star. Johan Santana was uh, was actually tweeted by quite a few people. Yeah, I liked it. Now going way back, I never thought of him as a come out of nowhere guy, but I guess he, he did sort of did. come out of nowhere. Yeah. Now going way back, Rule Five draft guy Shane Mack, same thing. Padres mm-hmm. Rule Five, uh, you know, San Diego didn't protect him. Sure, Rule Five guy, World Series team in ninety uh, one. Yeah, Shane Mack was a good one, but I think Santana's fair. I think Santana because. Santana was was Rule Five and what the Twins worked to trade with Florida after I think didn't didn't the Marlins take Johan from like Houston and then flipped him to the Twins. He definitely was with Houston and there was a, and then yeah, he, so I think you're and right. then he he was in the bullpen here for a couple of years. I think that's fair game. Yeah, I think he's and and that's a perfect example of, of a guy who who you're like okay he might be good and then he turned and, and then in his case he turns into a Cy Young award winning star. Yeah. Um. What about Timberwolves? Players who came out of nowhere, Timberwolves. I don't think I got one nomination for a Timberwolf player. Because the I mean, Vikings I did. The, more twi- Vikings, the, the Wolves wild. have a ton of guys who were supposed to pan out but then didn't. Mm-hmm. But they're not good enough to have had a bunch of players. Oh, you know who I, mean, I like, got? The San Antonio Spurs have had them all over the place. I got one for you. Tony Campbell. Okay. But he was an expansion. I mean, he was he was with the Lakers. I believe the Wolves, if I'm not mistaken, took him in the expansion draft. Yeah. And he was a good player on a terrible team. Don't know if that's fair or not. Yeah, I don't think there's really a great many. player. They've only had, yeah, it's not like they've even, if you were to list out who are the 15 best Timberwolves players of all time, you'd stop after three. <laughs> well, yeah. KG, Kevin Love, Towns, Butler, and Doug West. Like, your list wouldn't go you'd very You'd have a guy long. who was here for a year, maybe, or two years. Yeah. But, but no emerging guys, right? Like I, I'm trying to think of a guy who who they either stole in a trade took the or the franchise by storm or, picked or something. up and then he took off. I can't think of one. Yeah, I mean Adam Thielen for the Vikings is a parallel example right there with yeah with Case Keenum. Actually, would Chris Carter qualify? Yes, and so would John Randall if you wanted to because yeah. he was he was uh, from Texas A and I 
college free agent. Yeah. And Carter and Carter and R- Randall were both named by a bunch of people on Twitter, and I think they both qualify. Could I? It was a short-lived. He had a thousand-yard season with the Vikings, and then he went on to uh, the Seahawks. But Nate Burleson kind of came out of nowhere, didn't he? He wasn't a high draft pick, was he? Did they draft him, or was he undrafted? I think they drafted him, and I, I would have to look. But he was. I remember when but when he filled Carter's in for Moss and. One. Yeah, he's not a Nate Burleson's not on the same level as Carter, who came from you know the Eagles and obscurity. But um, yeah, I think Nate Burleson when when he popped up, Randy Moss went out injury, and all of a sudden this guy's going for a thousand yards. Yeah, Interesting good. one. Patrick Royce, Sam Mitchell with the Wolves. Okay, nice player. Did he he came from the Pacers? Yes. Yeah, but I don't. The Wolves' problem is I'm trying. Yeah, I, I mean he was good. I'm just trying to think of a guy who came here, and now Case might not do this, but defined himself for an extended period then. Yeah. Wild. Dubnik. Yeah, because he was, I mean, man, he was, he was atrocious. In fact, didn't he have to, like, take a hiatus from the Coyotes or from the, the Oilers? No, from Montreal. Montreal, okay. Yeah, he got traded. He, he went from Edmonton to, like, Nashville and then and then Montreal, and I think Montreal just immediately demoted him. Yeah. And I want to say he took some time off then. That's right. So he was just nothing, and in Keep in mind, too, that trade was a third-round pick. Like, they were desperate for anything, for for someone to come in and stop the puck. Yeah. Uh, The Vikings have had other guys, like that Lance Johnstone guy who popped up and had a bunch of sacks and was their third-down pass rush specialist. Or, Mm -hmm. who the hell is this guy? Okay, Mm -hmm. he's got 12 sacks. (laughs) Uh, Oh, uh, speaking of the early 2000s Vikings and guys who came out of nowhere, what was Greg, uh, Greg Beekert's background? Oakland. Uh, but he had been pretty, I think he'd been pretty good. Okay. All right. I think he, he was good. How, how about this one? Joe Cap. Wow. Now, I mean, that goes way, way, mm-hmm. way back. But, you know, I think it, at that time you were quarterback starved, went and found him. Now, now in his case and the Keenum uh, situation, those are both potentially one year guys because Joe Cap came in, got you to a Super Bowl. And then I believe the next year held out in a contract dispute and was eventually traded. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Trenton Hassel, but th- that's a role player. Like Trenton Hassel kind of bounced around. He literally just played defense on a really good team. Derek James says Googs, but Googs was, was in, in a high profile trade. Yeah. Googs was, a good was, he was He was really good leading into the, uh, uh, the Timberwolves acquisition. So, yeah, we're looking for, for players like Case Keenum who just popped up, didn't see it coming. And not only did they play. A meaningful role, but maybe even a star role, which is where yes. Case is kind of emerging to. So, yeah, let's uh, if keep the suggestions coming. Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. Jeremy says on Twitter here, Hollywood Robinson. Yeah, but he wasn't like a star. He was just, he jacked threes for the a couple are, years. The Wolves are tough. <laughs> the Wolves are really tough. Hollywood Robinson. I love listening to Kevin Harlan call Hollywood Robinson uh, oh, three-pointers. Harlan was great. Let's come back here. We'll talk some football, fantasy football challenge between you and Anthony Maggio, a scoop with Doogie, and we'll head out to Winter Park and catch up with Matthew Collar, Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. Show me what you got. On 1500 ESPN. Come on! Football! Football. Yes, football. Uh, Anthony Maggio, you can find his fantasy football party podcast with Bo Mitchell, John Tuvey every week. It's playoff season in the uh, season-long leagues, or if you whiffed on the playoffs, you get into one of those daily leagues and light your money on fire that way. Um, so <laughs> It's a ringing endorsement. I mean, like, that's mostly what <laughs> Hold on, i got to light some of my doing, cash so. on fire. <laughs> um, so, Maj, let's, like, there's tons of fantasy stuff to get to here, but how about the Cleveland Browns? 
once again hitting the detonate button on their front office. It's just if it's like an alarm goes off every 18 to 24 months. Oh, got to fire everyone <laughs> and clean house, and here we are again. Yeah, uh, it's interesting in that you know with with Hugh Jackson remaining, like you just wonder what kind of situation the new you know the new um, and if they're going to even change up titles at all. But the new guy's going to come in, and you know, are they? Is it a must that they keep Hugh Jackson? You know, do they? Uh, <laughs> Can, can they talk about getting rid of him? And then if Hugh goes, what does that mean for um, the decision-making process, you know, going forward in terms of who gets to decide on that next coach? Like there's, there's something moving parts there. And it's unfortunate because you look at what they've done. I mean, they've whipped on quarterback bad, real bad, but they've assembled some decent pieces elsewhere. They've got a ton of cap space. They've got a ton of draft picks. It's like get your front office right, and you've got everything else ready lined up for you. Um, but man, it's been—it's just been so hard for them to do that. That you know, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. All I have to say, Maj, is this: Joe Thomas, get out. Finally, do it. I don't care. You—if you love Cleveland, good for you. You can go back there every month that, that you're not playing for a team. But if you're Joe Thomas and you continue to stay in that dumpster fire, this is all on you. You know what it is? If you Judd and I were talking about this movie off the air yesterday. Maj, have you ever seen the movie Get Out? Uh, now that I recall, who's in it? What's it okay, about? It's Tell the uh, Jordan Peele from Key and Peele wrote the movie. Uh, it's, it's kind fantastic. of a horror movie. It's that. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's like so. It's it's actually it's it makes you think a lot too. But it's anyways. So this is just for Judd and the audience that has seen the movie. It's like Joe Thomas has been hypnotized into staying with the Browns. And you just need to like take a photo of him or snap him out of it so that he comes out of his, uh, you know, transfiction with the Cleveland Browns. But yeah, it's embarrassing. Don't play for a real team, Joe Thomas. <laughs> Any real team. So Maj, we've got uh, a lot of people starting their playoff runs here. Uh, is it kind of a case where is there anything people can do now, or is it just you better have stacked up your roster to this point? Are there little things to be done this late in the fantasy season? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, the first thing, I mean, there's still free agents out there, and there, you know, guys on the waiver wire because of injuries. I mean, the, the ones that stick out this week are Giovanni Bernard going against my Bears, and and Trey Burton if Zach Ertz isn't going to play. I, right now, you don't have to fight with you know 12 teams or 14 teams, however many are in your league, because the ones that made the playoffs aren't paying attention anymore. So um, you make sure you're not you know forgetting about the waiver wire because you can still get yourself some help there uh, for sure as the the next couple weeks go and then the other thing i'd note is you know we we talked about this i think maybe like three four weeks ago you brought it up like looking ahead at schedules and and you know i, I noted that you know there's a, there were a few instances i think i brought up the the chargers which looks prescient right now but um you know now is the time when you want to look like two weeks ahead and three weeks ahead because if you're streaming a position you know or whatever you've got a guy with a bad matchup maybe in week 15 plan for it now so you don't have to worry about picking up guys off of waivers because you don't need sort of that dead weight on your bench. So, you know, I'm looking at guys like if you're streaming quarterbacks and you've continued to do that because of injuries or whatever, like Blaine Gabbard and Blake Bortles, it may not always look pretty, but they continue to put up, you know, close to QB1 numbers or, you know, in many weeks actually hitting QB1 numbers. And, you know, Gabbard's got Washington and the Giants in weeks 15 and 16. Uh, Bortles has Houston and San Francisco. I went through a whole list in the podcast actually yesterday that you can find right now uh, online at each position, guys that have good schedules that pick up this week in order to use them in weeks 15 and 16. Uh, so Blake Bortles, as bad as he is as a real quarterback, still puts up some fantasy numbers once, and it's good to see. So frightening that thought Blake, is. Uh, yeah. What are some other uh, things of note or things that might not be obvious on the surface level for this week in, in the uh, fantasy world, Maj? Well, you know, we talked about the Browns. Might as well stick there. Josh Gordon last week in his return, he played 76% of the snaps, which shows that he's in fine shape. 
he got almost 35% of the team's targets. He was the third highest rate for all receivers in Week 13. That was according to Rich Rebar over at Roto World. He was actually targeted on almost 38% of his routes, the, the routes he ran. So that was the highest of any receiver uh, last week. So Gordon came in and was the true number one. And, I mean, he was missed. Deshaun Kaiser missed him. I mean, he could have had a couple big touchdowns in that game too. So uh, I, I'm, I've actually got Josh Gordon in a couple spots, and I'm excited to play him this week. Um, Blaine Gabbert, somebody we just mentioned a, um, a minute ago, he has completed 22 of 28 attempts to Larry Fitzgerald, so that's getting close to 80%. He's only completed 40 of his other 75 passes to everybody else, so that's you know almost at 50%. So yeah. uh, Larry Fitzgerald continues to be safe there, and you know Ricky Seals Jones is someone who's popped up at the tight end position there. Um, and you know if he gets some more snaps, he actually could be a, a tight end that uh, helps you in the fantasy playoffs. But Gabbert's just been so erratic to everybody else. But Fitzy has, has maintained his status as a as kind of an elite fantasy receiver here. And then the other uh, guy I'll note because uh, he's been talked about a lot in these last couple of weeks, Mike Davis, uh, the running back for Seattle. It's kind of been his turn there in the the turnstile situation they have. He played 73% of snaps last week. No Seattle running back had played that many snaps in any game all season. Um, you know, that offensive line still leaves something to be desired, but, you know, if you're going to get that kind of work, regardless of who you're going to play and maybe even who your offensive line is, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up for at least a decent floor. So if you're in an emergency situation at the running back position, so long as Mike Davis keeps this role, if he's going to get that kind of work, you know, you can plug and play him and get a little something. Uh, you know, you mentioned Josh Gordon at the beginning of that, and that's a really interesting piece there. He's only 25 years old, mm-hmm. and so whether it's fantasy or just if you're the Cleveland Browns and you've got this weapon, even though you don't have a front office anymore because you fired everyone today, um, he's been he he was one of the absolute top receivers in the NFL, if not maybe the best talent three or four years ago. And it's hard to believe that I would have thought, hey, how old do you think Josh Gordon is? I would have said, oh, by now he's got to be like 20, what, 27, 28, he's 25, Maj. Yeah, I know. I, I I had a dynasty league go completely in the tank this year because I had some quarterback issues, guys getting hurt and not playing well. And I made a trade and picked up Josh Gordon uh, before the trade deadline. And in a dynasty league, I've got him and Julio Jones now. And, you know, that sets me up real nice for next year if the dude can stay clean and stay on the field. Yeah. Uh, you should we get to it here? Well, our, let's do our it. weekly fantasy challenge. Unless my math is wrong, Maggio had the worst week of anyone all season. I took a bath last week, man. My guys were terrible. It was uh, it was bad. I feel so, for you, Maj. So uh, <laughs> he's not a machine; he's a man, Judd. The he's Russian been proven to be mortal. The Russian is cut, and it's a bad cut. <laughs> Uh, so right now, the way this works for people who are new to it, our fantasy challenge, Maggio the Expert from the Fantasy Football Party Podcast, uh, 15hardespn.com, iTunes, anywhere you would find podcasts. And Judd hasn't really played much in like 15 years. And it's standard fantasy scoring, and each one of these guys picks a new quarterback, running back, and pass catcher. Uh, each week, they can only pick one player uh, once each season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had 45 points last week, Judd. Maj had 18 points. Woo! So and most of those came from my quarterback. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, uh, Jordan Howard, and Brandon Cooks were atrocious. Okay. Judd had uh, Philip Rivers, Christian McCaffrey, and Keenan Allen. So the lead is now six ten for Maggio and five forty five for Judd. So you've cut into it. You've got some time left here, Judd. Got so some you guys, work to do. Uh, who are you guys picking this week? All right, I'll go first. Uh, quarterback. I have not used Case Keenum yet. I am going to have Case Keenum as my quarterback. Uh, running back, I'm going to uh, take uh, Melvin Gordon of the Chargers against Washington. And wide receiver, I'm going to take a guy that Maj just uh, previously talked about, Larry Fitzgerald, Arizona against Tennessee. So Keenum, Melvin Gordon, Larry Fitz will be my three. 
Very nice. I like those. For me, I'm uh, going to go with a Dallas Cowboys stack here. They're going. They're playing at New York uh, at the Giants this week. Uh, you know, Dak and Dez haven't done a whole lot recently. Uh, Dez did get in the end zone, caught a 50-50 ball last week, and that's good to see because that's kind of what they need to do here. Um, you know, the Giants' defense is a mess. The Giants' team is a mess. But as far as attacking them, you know, defensively, they're a little bit better against the run than they are against the pass. So I think that this is an opportunity for, for Dak and Dez to both have pretty good games. So fingers crossed there. No Janoris Jenkins for Des Bryant to worry to, to worry about. So hopefully those guys can put up some big numbers for me. And then at the running back position, I'm going to go with Giovanni Bernard. I was actually kind of planning on going with Joe Mixon this week until he got concussed. Uh, and now it doesn't look like he's going to go. So uh, Giovanni Bernard going against uh, my Bears. It, it's in Cincinnati. You know, I respect the Bears' run defense, but there's just no one else there to carry the ball. Uh, I, I, you know, 20-plus touches for Gio this week, and, and that's all you need to, to have a decent baseline. Uh, this would be a uh, a meltdown of Timberwolves in the fourth quarter proportions <laughs> if you were to blow this lead, Maj. No pressure. Right in your heels, Maj. I'm right in your yeah, heels. Do. All right. <laughs> Don't be nervous. All right. Good stuff, Maj. We'll see you next week, man. All Bye. Right, thank you. Anthony right. Maggio from the Fantasy Football Party 18 points podcast. last week? 18.1. And that's the fewest of, of us throughout the entire year for a single week? The previous low score was you with 28.1, and Maj went 10 below that. But he's still dominating. Wow. I know, but he's that's, the expert. Congrats. That's your fifth weekly victory out of the uh, the 13 weeks so far. So Maj has eight <laughs> weekly victories. Right. and uh, That's not like bad for a guy that has, hasn't really participated in the sport uh, since about 2003. You're hanging in there. You need, you need the Cowboys team bus to basically get t-boned by another bus and have Dak Prescott and Des Bryant get killed, not play. But I guess just like, no, for just the, out for a week. Shaken up to a point where they both say, well, we can't play in this game. Right. All right and we can fair. beat the Giants with our backups and it'll be fine. That's fair. Uh, Doogie always has juicy news. Uh, twins, Timberwolves, he's always got nuggets. It's baseball hot stove season here. So uh, what are the Twins thinking about doing? Are they in on you, Darvish? Let's talk about these things and more with our weekly scoop segment. Doogie's coming in here. Uh, we have a 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV in our studio. It's been amazing to have this thing in here for the last several months and highly recommended to any of you sports viewers out there. If you have someone in your family you're looking to make a big splash for the holidays, highly, highly recommend the 4K picture quality, the built-in Roku device giving you access to 4,000-plus streaming channels, 450,000 movies and TV show episodes. And also, here's another gift idea. TCL is giving you a great chance to see the Timberwolves from a premium seating location inside the renovated Target Center. Go to 1500ESPN.com and enter the keyword TCL, and you can win four tickets to see the Timberwolves from a TCL theater box at Target Center as they take on the Denver Nuggets on December 27th. The winner will be drawn before Christmas, so you can use it as a stocking stuffer uh, or a gift of some kind. It's the most coveted new offering in the world of premium seating. The TCL Theater Box has offered dramatic views, a VIP experience, five-star cuisine, 1500ESPN.com, keyword TCL to enter. Bill Mackey. I'd Skills. call him a charming Boras. That's what I'd call Perfect. Okay, Perfect yeah, description. Okay. But he's a true gentleman. Oh, they all, everybody loves him. Judd Zolgad. I think that he's sort of the Steve Bartman of the Twin Cities. Yes. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. have a friend named Doogie. He's got a lot to say. 
chasing down the stories every single day. Oh, Doogie, 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 he's got the scoop for you. And through his many sources, he'll give you quite a few. He's always breaking news with every team in town. He's calling and he's texting, never slowing down. Oh, Doogie, 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 he's got the scoop for you. And through his many sources, he'll give you quite a few. Doogie's full of knowledge, he spins the hottest takes. When he's on the radio, he never takes a break. Oh, Doogie, 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 he's got the scoop for you. And through his many sources, he'll give you quite a few. It's songs by the U-Log season. It never gets old. No, it doesn't. Brilliant work, gentlemen. Uh, uh, Volume 3 will drop on Monday here on the Mackie and Judd Show. We're very excited. uh, Laying tracks down all week long in the studio. Uh, Doogie has a tie-on. You can find his Scoop podcast every week on 1500ESPN.com, KSTP.com, anywhere you would generally download podcasts. Uh, why the why the tie? You must have just come back from uh, from an interesting interview on camera. I thought we were doing Facebook Live. We're not doing Facebook Live. You know what? Product uh, placement, Doogie. You're a little overdressed for our Facebook Live. I think I probably segments. would be, especially yeah. when Mike Morris is a part of a lot of those Facebook Lives. Wow. Yeah. I just came back from campus. I sat down with Gophers Athletic Director Mark Coyle for a good half hour on camera. Now, a lot of that may not air until next week. We need to figure out when it'll air. But anyway, he was good. He was good on a number of points. Where would you like me to begin? How about this weekend? You know, we'll go, I guess, sequentially. I guess this weekend, the biggest recruiting weekend in Gophers football history, 34 official visitors. He didn't lay this out, but I ran into a staff member of the football team when I was over there before I sat down with Mark. They are going to U.S. Bank Stadium. They are going to Target Field. They are going to Mall of America on Saturday night at TCF Bank Stadium. It will be a seasonal party. They can't even call it a holiday party or a Christmas party. It'll be a seasonal party. They'll have Juicy Lucy's there. Buffalo Wild Wings will be there. Just for the recruits. Wings. Yes. Yes, I'm telling you. The place to be on Saturday night is TCF Bank Stadium. I even said, hey, I've got eligibility. I mean, forget my family on Saturday night. You can play some guard. If you got room for a 35th visitor. <laughs> He'd, be a center. He'd be a little center. You'd be good. Yeah, I'm all over it. By the way, I'm switching my headphones here. So if sure. you want to talk for a can second, you, I'll tell you about can, one offensive lineman that's coming in that's not a Gophers commit, but they are going to get him. This kid can start for four years, but talk for two seconds. Uh, sure. I want to know if you can get separation from defensive backs, because if, if there's a receiver at all in this group of 34 kids coming to eat Juicy Lucy's uh, over the weekend, that would, be, guy possibly. that would be huge. Yeah. Just run, run a short route. Um, yeah. Doogie's still having headphone problems. Oh, he's got it fixed. All right. I've got it fixed. So anyway, the kid's name is Curtis Dunlap, a Florida D commit okay. from IMG Academy in the state of Florida. All signs point to him committing to the Gophers. He will sign with the Gophers on December 20th. Based on his girth, his strength, his weight, his mass, there is a good chance he is a four-year starter. This is a really good recruiting class. This kid from the state of Georgia, wide receiver Rashad Bateman, all these power fives have come in in the last few weeks trying to get him to flip. He's up to a four-star ranking. Hmm. And I don't even get into the star rankings that much because there's a lot of politics involved. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You know, you give me this scoop, you know, a coach gives, you know, rivals or, you know, scout a scoop, you know, all of a sudden a kid gets another star. It sure. happens all the time. So look at the offer list. But a lot of these kids that will sign with the Gophers on December 20th, 
have multiple Power 5 offers. So we know that P.J. Fleck can recruit. Let's just give him some time. So anyway, we talked about that. You know, Coyle will be involved this weekend. He'll meet with as many of the recruits as he can. We talked some men's basketball. He is fine with Rick Pitino being around Richard Pitino's program as often as he wants. There are no issues there. Mm -hmm. They did a complete audit of the men's basketball program when everything broke. You know, a handful of weeks ago, he is confident that Richard is doing things the right way. We talked about the Athletes' Village. You know, we talked about fundraising for the Athletes' Village. They are right now at $105 million. You know, so they still have a ways to go. But now that people can see the finished product, I mean, it's just about done. So they're giving tours on a regular basis to a lot of donors, potential donors. You know, when these people can see the product, makes it a little bit easier to fundraise. So, so Duke, yeah, I mean, it's a good time over there right now. Dukes, what's not done then? I, I mean, are, are there things that they can't uh, start on until the additional funds are raised? No, they will have it done. No, I mean, they'll borrow from okay. the general fund. You know, but the idea is to sure. eventually get up to that $166 million dollar number. No, yeah, they're not stopping things. Okay. The thing will be done here beginning of next month. I mean, as we flip the calendar to 2018, it'll be done. Then, of course... The who is it? It's the NFC team will practice the Super Bowl NFC Unle- team unless, unless it's the Vikings. Yeah, and then they're going to stay home because yeah, there were what did Joe tell me? Five hundred or six hundred NFL folks or people involved in planning the Super Bowl in town earlier this week. Did you hear about this, Jed? Did not. So there were big meetings here Monday and Tuesday. But anyway, yes. Bottom line, they did a little media deal on on Tuesday. I didn't get a chance to go, but a colleague did. And anyway, yes, if the Vikings make the Super Bowl, yeah. they will practice at Winter Park. How do how do the this this athletic program go about getting uh, people back to to hockey games, which used to be the big thing to go to back in the day, and now at the start of games, there's thousands of empty seats. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't want to say it's unbelievable because I think we've heard a lot of the backlash of Big Ten hockey and it's, some other reasons for, it's the most, for a few years It's now. the most drastic drop-off that we've seen in this town for a team or program that hasn't gone in the toilet. I think you're right. I mean, I'm trying to think back to like 02, 03, winning national season, championships. You couldn't get a ticket. ticket. He had season tickets sure. over basketball. And he loves basketball. Now, well, keep in mind, that was the end of the of the uh, Munson era too. It was well, but, things but were not going my, well with the basketball. But my point team. is, you still you still picked hockey because it was cool to be there. It, it was, was one there. of the hottest tickets in town. I did talk to Mark Coyle about that. Now he did tell me student tickets are sold out. He said we have sold seven thousand tickets. I'm just telling you what he told me. I don't sure. have the means right now. You know, twenty minutes after I just got done talking to him to verify what he told me, but I will take no. him at face value. Student tickets are completely sold out. They've sold 7,000 tickets, season tickets. So, yeah, I mean, that's not full capacity at Mariucci. But the issue is a lot of the tickets are sold, distributed. The, those people aren't showing up. So what can they do? So it's an ongoing process. But trust me, Mark Coyle is well aware. I mean, he was at the Michigan State game a number of weeks ago, You know, the game I was at, or he was at one of those Michigan State games. I was at the Friday night game. He might have been at the Saturday night game. But regardless, in the recent Wisconsin series, trust me, he is noticing all the empty yeah. seats. It's, yeah, I mean, it's drastic. I mean, I went to the Michigan State game. It was a Friday night game in early November. I took Droogie. And, uh, well, I'll say this much. There were four tickets laying on the assignment desk in our TV newsroom for about six hours. Yeah. They were there for a long time. I walked by them multiple times. I wasn't sure if we could go, you know, reverse some things. Able to go. Those tickets were sitting there for anybody in our newsroom to grab. Nobody wanted them. With a parking pass, by the way. Nobody would grab them. You know, eventually grab them. You know, we go to that game. There were some weather issues on that Friday night, but still, 
Judd, I bet there were 3,000 empty seats, 4,000 empty seats. It was it was alarming. Yeah, uh, The baseball winter meetings are next week, uh, Sunday night. Uh, the, the action's kind of Sunday night through like Thursday morning. And uh, the Twins just got, we, we led the show with the Twins and their shrewd trades from last night. Shohei Otani tells the Twins and 23 other teams, sorry, I, I want to play on the West Coast or at least have spring training in Arizona. So yeah, even though the Twins had the third most amount of money to offer Shohei Otani in a cap system, he said no. So the Twins, instead of lighting the money on fire or maybe putting it on a 16-year-old uh, crapshoot prospect, they trade the money to two teams in the mix for Otani, Seattle and uh, and the Angels, for two highly touted draft picks from 2017, a, a third rounder from the Angels and a fifth rounder from the Mariners. So I thought it was shrewd. I think it's a good example of this front office playing higher level chess than maybe the end of the Terry Ryan regime. And uh, I'm curious to know your thoughts on the twins leading up to the winter meetings here. How close were they on Otani from what you can gather? And what might they be thinking here going into the, uh, the, uh, the winter meetings in Orlando? I talked to general manager Thad Levine for 27 minutes last night that we'll post on a podcast. I'm hoping later today, the presentation to Otani. Well, in this case, I guess more so his agency you know, because they didn't get that face-to-face time with Otani, was incredibly detailed. They had so many people working on that presentation. They spent so many hours. They felt so confident about that presentation. They are upset that they are not in Los Angeles this week getting Mm. a face-to-face. They wanted him so badly. I mean, he was part of Plan A. We talk about Plan A for the Twins offseason. That was Shohei Otani. Yeah. That being said, they'll pivot. Every team should have him in Plan A. Yes, but I'm just telling you, I mean, there was clear disappointment in Thad Levine's voice talking to him last night that they aren't getting a face-to-face with Otani. Mm. That being said, I'm with you. Shrewd moves. I went back and forth with the Twins front office official. I'll tell you this much on the Pearson kid they got from the Angels. Here, I'll read this for you verbatim. Worked Pearson hard all spring. Our guys love his swing. He's a plus runner with a chance to play center field. We think he's got a shot to have a little pop, too was in our plans going into day two of the draft back in June. And then we pivoted and ended up spending our money on Enlo. Then on the catcher they got from, it's the Seattle organization? Yep, 21 years old. Yep. Yeah. Ben, uh, ben Welos, I believe. Yeah. Defense first guy with a plus arm. Put together a good spring with the bat. He's a very young college player with good makeup. Had very good framing and receiving metrics that our analyst crew loved as well. So you got two kids. Instead of banking on a 15- or 16-year-old Dominican player, you got a couple guys that are a little bit more mature, guys that they had highly rated on their draft board going back to June. So, yeah, I'm with you. Shrewd moves to acquire these two guys last night. So what's plan B then? I think a trade is more likely than a free agent signing. Now, it might be a combination of both. You know, Thad did tell me he's been in direct contact with you, Darvish, texting. They've not talked, but... They've texted back and forth. The interest in you, Darvish, is genuine. Thad says, hey, Dave St. Peter, the poll ads are open-minded. They want to know what it'll take to get a guy of that ilk. But in the end, do I see the Twins giving you, Darvish, six years, $120 million? I'm dubious on that one. I hesitate. I think a trade is more likely. Thad did tell me they have targeted six to 12 teams Hmm. that they will focus in on come next week in Orlando at the winter meetings. So they will not talk trade with 
every other team. It's six to twelve. I love that he gives that information. Yeah, well, I tried to say, hey, give me the list of teams. He goes, I'll tell you after. But at least like they're all <laughs> you just guess, you know, guessing. <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves, you know, and Bill, Bill Smith and Terry Ryan, and Bill Smith did when he was the GM was even worse about this. They always acted like we're state secrets, you know. Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to tell us everything, but for God's sakes, you, you know, use the media once in a while to create some buzz. And hey, we're open for business. We're looking to right. wheel and deal a little bit here. And they were so close to the vest on everything. I mean, and plus, Flip Saunders spoiled us. Flip would call into radio stations and say, "Oh God, I love Jalil Okafor," or you know, he would he would just sort of wear all of his Correct. his moves on his sleeve. Yeah, sorry, P. Flip. I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember some late night conversations with Flip where I mean, he would just cut open a vein on everything. <laughs> yeah, that's like awesome. he would cut open half a vein. It's sports on air. It, yes, but just in our one on one conversations, I mean, he would say everything. I knew everything about the Wolves and the rest of the league. So yeah, we were spoiled. But yeah, I mean, Thad is he's an open book in many ways. So yeah, I mean, I appreciate him saying. Mm. We are targeting six to 12 teams. Now, logically, the Rays, I can guarantee you, are one. I can just about guarantee you the Reds and the Pirates are two others. They have talked to the Mets. Now, would that be Harvey, DeGrom? I don't think it's Syndergaard. Boy, Harvey would be miserable here. Well, Harvey maybe. loves New York. But I think the Mets are a team to keep an eye on. You know, and I'm sure there's a team or two we haven't thought of, but I can tell you, Rays, Pirates, Reds, Mets are definitely yeah. four yeah. to watch. They sh- I- I'm with you. I don't know. Even if the the poll ads and Dave St. Peter said, yeah, go spend $120 million on you, Darvish, I don't know if that's a good contract for a guy who's 29 years old and he's he wasn't quite as good the last couple of years. But I do think they should spend some money at least on a really good reliever. And it's going to cost 7 to $8 million a year minimum for one of those. There's like a group of seven or eight guys you could, you could go in. And then the Wade Davis, he's on a different level. But you think they'll spend some money, right? Yeah, like, I mean, they're actually, they're still in on Brian Shaw of the Indians. Okay, yeah. You know, they still have some interest in Brandon Kinsler. They have not made an offer yet. I would actually say the interest, you know, from what I can gather, is stronger when it comes to Shaw than Kinsler. But, yeah, I mean, I think they end up with at least one reliever and one starter. I just think it's more realistic to think that a trade brings you the starter, not a free agent signing. Now, I'll tell you this much on the idea of a six-year contract. I didn't say, would you be comfortable giving you Darvish a six-year contract? But I said to Thad, hey, what's your theory on giving any pitcher a six-year deal, and he admitted, more than likely, somewhere along the way, it's going to go backwards. But he goes, it's case by case. They're not opposed to it, you know. Also, you Darvish was a Tommy John guy a couple years ago, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So what's the shelf life? You can be good for a couple years after right. Tommy John. What are the chances you're really good five to six years after yeah. Tommy John surgery? Yeah, and that's the question. I just, the I, they like you. Don't get me wrong. If you wanted to take a discount and come here, not they would happen. gladly take it. Not him. gonna happen. I just don't see six years one twenty though. Yeah. Not here. Great uh, stuff, dude. Man, yeah. Thanks for coming you in. You got it. The Wolves have interest in DeAndre Jordan. He looked good last night, but the asking price right now is astronomical. And I just don't, I don't logically see a match. The Wolves don't want to take back. You know, much long-term money. The Clippers might say, hey, take back this contract along with Jordan. The Wolves are not open to that. At some point, though, as we get closer to the deadline in February, they are going to tweak that roster. Yeah, do, uh, That's Doogie from KSTP Channel 5 Sports Department. You can find him KSTP.com. Uh, and then look for his Scoop podcast every yes. week. It's, it's the in best podcast. In fact, yeah, I mean, I have one right now, Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Trying to talk Wolves fans off the ledge. Now, maybe if you watched last night, you're off the ledge. Yeah, but after Monday, people It's a night-by-night night thing right yeah, now. Yeah, it is, but Depends Jamal was good. Movie. You know, so that's posted right now. Then Fran Frischilla of ESPN, he did the Gophers-Miami game. He was phenomenal on Gophers Hoop. So that is up right now. That's episode 113. Then look for episode 114. 
either later today, maybe tomorrow, Thad Levine, Mark Coyle. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. Let's come back. You got it. Uh, let's react to some of the st- Doogie dropped a bunch of good stuff there. Let's react to it. Matthew Collar in about 25, 30 minutes from Winter Park. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. We do love our grumps. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. 1500 ESPN. Visit St. Paul, the city of St. Paul and Wells Fargo. Invite you to experience Wells Fargo Winter Skate. A free outdoor, artificially chilled ice skating rink in downtown St. Paul at Rice Park. It's open seven days a week and in the heart of the city. Winter Skate creates a fun winter experience for visitors of all ages. All the details can be found at 1500ESPN.com, keyword event. Thank you, Dave. Uh, let's let, We'll get back into Twins Hot Stove stuff here at the top of the hour. Doogie dropped a couple interesting little nuggets there about what they're planning on doing, what they would be willing to do, some of the names that they are in, uh, they might be looking at in Orlando next week. But you guys were talking about the downfall of the Gopher Hockey program, which doesn't, like, in terms of attendance, attendance and interest, right. right? Right. I mean, they are ranked in the top ten again. They're, they're fine. I mean, they're... Uh, they're like seventh, I want to say. Um, yeah. in last week's ranking. The so. team, the team is fine. The attendance is yeah. a complete mess. So, or I don't know. I I think I probably represent that casual fan who I'm going to go to Twins games. I'm going to have interest in Vikings, and then when the Wolves are in the Wild are interesting, you know, they've got my attention and go for basketball. To, but there, I think most sports fans in this town, there's so many places you could spend your money. Mm. Links, Gophers, football, right? Yep. You're not going to spend your money everywhere. So if there's seven or eight different things, and that doesn't even count all the other stuff, cabins, and there's just things to do in the Twin Cities. We're lucky here in Minnesota. It's fun. We have a lot of things we can do. Mm -hmm. And there's something about the Gopher hockey team, especially now that you you just don't care as much about most of the conference games. You don't care about Penn State. And there was a connection, St. Cloud State. There was a connection uh, even to, like, Denver, right? But you had Duluth and Mankato. It was they took something that was meant to be regional and yes. and and for the good of the Big Ten Network, which has been a backfire. Uh, although I'm sure they're making some money off of it, but the interest is down. They tried to they tried to spread out the excitement, and I yep. just I don't know if that's the reason or if it just feels like you know what they haven't won a national title no, in like 15 years. That's and, not why. That's not that's not why. That hurts a little bit. This is solely because things based like this, Phil Mackey. Friday night, the Gophers begin a two-game series at Ohio State. Okay, that's fine. Not great, but that's fine. Friday night's face-off time, 5.30, Big Ten Network. That is how you erode fan interest immediately. Who's going to turn on Big Ten Network, including me, at 5.30 on a Friday and be like, got to get to the TV. You're not. You were used to 7 o'clock face-offs on Friday and Saturday, and you were used to Hey, it's um, it's Mankato, or or it was St. Cloud, or it was North Dakota. I mean, your series, your series is against the then Sioux were guaranteed sellouts and guaranteed hatred, which was more fun. It would it would be like the Vikings saying, you know what, we're not going to play the Packers twice a year. We're going to play them once a year here and there. That's exactly it. So, so. The fact that the Gophers have not won a national title certainly factors in a bit, but I'm telling you right now, in my lifetime following sports in this town, I have never seen a what was considered a pretty important sport yeah. at, at one point fall off the grid without the team absolutely going in the tank and ordinarily for an extended period. Yeah. I do think if they were to win a national title, it would it would add some spark to it again. 
Because they they really from like 2003 through even like when they when they went to the championship game and got was it Union that beat them in the championship game a few years ago? Uh, yes, in the Frozen World, Philadelphia. Was. I mean, they've, Union. they've kind of teased you enough over the last 15 years, and then they've had these buzzkill losses to to Holy Cross, and so I think it's I think it's a, there's three or four factors that go into it, and. There's just other things that are interesting now. I mean, the Wolves are frustrating, but they're more interesting now than they were. The Wild have become interesting in the last five or six years as a whole. Yeah. And there's a new Viking stadium that's more expensive, and Twins tickets are more expensive. I think this is a discussion, though, about taking what was a very small but incredibly passionate fan base and eroding it completely. Like, I don't think the average sports fan loved the go go for hockey program. I think what you had was a cult that was incredibly loyal and passionate— and you basically came and said, "Bleep you! We're changing the conferences. We're changing the start times. You, w- what you knew as you, you know, if you put down the cash to buy Gopher season tickets, you got North Dakota. I mean, that was a huge deal. And now they're like, well, you'll get it once in a while, but it's not a conference uh, uh, series. So I would say what they did was they took what was an incredibly passionate fan base and a small one and told them to get lost. Yeah, and I think that." It, it was such a huge mistake, and the problem was it was done by people that didn't care. It was done by people who were football people who said, how can we put more programming on our network? We really don't care about this sport at all, so how can we use it? Yeah, it all feel, it just feels very contrived now with the, with so. the Big Ten yep. uh, situation. All right, let's talk some twins when we come back, we'll, and then we'll go to Winter Park in about 20 minutes and catch up with Matthew Collar. But Doogie threw a couple really interesting hot stove winter meetings nuggets in that scoop segment that we should come back to here. Twins, what will they do now that Shohei Otani has said no? Is you Darvish a possibility? There's a reliever he mentioned that I like the fact that they're in on this. It shows that they're thinking in the right way. Mackie and Judd. 